have you ever like upset a, a stranger as as like a kid you know when you were a kid that you upset a stranger yeah. so much that they took it upon themselves to yell at you <laughs> upset would be putting it mildly that uh, good huh i i seriously contemplated calling the police when i got home because <laughs> i was scared um, <laughs> what did you do <laughs> i was either walking to school or from school there was this guy, I guess, I think he was driving past, he was driving down the road, and I, I don't know, you know how, like, when you're just young and you just make faces to yourself just because you're a retard, and you, you, it's just what kids do, like, when you're, like, 12? So I was just walking down the street, walking home, making, like, faces, and I happened to be making a face where I was sticking my tongue out just as this guy was walking past, or driving past, and apparently he thought I was sticking my tongue out at him, and he really didn't like that. So, to my horror, I, I see this guy out of the corner of my eye, and he's raging behind his steering wheel. And he slows down, and he starts to turn into the school parking lot. And he's just staring at me the whole time. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> so he gets out of his car, and he starts, like, power walking towards me. And he gets up to me and just grabs me by the shoulders. <laughs> And he's like, don't you stick your tongue out at me, you little creep. I'm like, holy shit. Jeez. <laughs> and then he just like lets go of me and stomps back to his car and, and drives back down the road again. I thought that was going to be a lot more uh, or a lot less innocuous than it is. Like, I thought you were going to be like, I, you know, I damaged something. Uh, well, priceless possession. Not like I stuck a tongue out at a guy and it made him so mad that he pulled over well, to shake me i thought he was gonna kill me isn't that so funny though because now he would probably in in today's age he would probably never dare touch you or come near you in any capacity like if anything he needs to drive you know another block around you to get away from you because all it takes is one little scream and one mama he touched me well all i would need to do is record his advances on my iphone and send it <laughs> over twitter yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't matter anyway, because now he's on CCTV <laughs> yeah. uh, from across the street, uh, you know, somewhere. So, Or they can get one of uh, one of those Obama drones and check it that way. <laughs> yeah, so not, not very good. I think there was one time I was in some newspaper stand and the guy working behind the counter just assumed I was there to steal something. So he started yelling at me to get out of the store and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I ran around the corner, I got my parents, I was like, and what's up? There was another time where I was at some buffet. Some woman starts screaming at me in line because I cut to get some, I don't know, whatever it was, mashed potatoes or whatever. Guys, um, shit. See, out here where everybody's happy, it's uh, it's a little bit trickier. You know, like it really leaves a, a mark when you do something that's bad enough that it upsets somebody. And it's funny because when I think about all mine, they all involved like some kind of destruction happening. Not on purpose, but like I remember I knocked over an entire clothing rack in a store once on, on accident. Then again, like a few years later, I, I knocked over an entire display of thread, like little thread wheels. And I, I think those were both situations where it was justified for somebody to yell at me. But it's, it sticks with you. This is probably going to make this whole intro go much longer than it should. But I need to I guess I need to tell this as well. Sure, do it. I mean, it, it's sort of in the same idea of pissing off adults when you're a kid. We went skiing for like a field trip at school. And first off, it was kind of embarrassing because they gave everybody in the class a choice, like whether they wanted to sign up to do skiing or snowboarding. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I certainly can't snowboard. So maybe I'll ski because that way I use both feet and I can maybe stabilize myself or something. Uh, I mean, it made sense at the time. And so I sign up for skiing and I'm the only boy who decided to ski. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like in this little circle with a bunch of girls while this dude tells us how to like ski and stuff. And all the boys are just like, they're already tearing up the bunny hill and everything. And that's embarrassing. But also what was more embarrassing was when I went to go up the, uh, the little lift to get to the top of the slope. I don't know what I was expecting, and I don't know what I was doing. I already think I know what you did. But I was standing there, and as the chair came behind me, it knocked me the fuck over, and I <laughs> fell forwards while I was still like in my skis, and I just collapsed like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> and the guy operating the lift, he's like, he's not even enraged, but he's well, he's he's like, 
It's just like, uh. it's like defeated rage. He's like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, God. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I like scramble to my feet and it almost knocks me over the second time. And he has to like shut down the whole lift just for me. <laughs> I don't want to make you feel less special, but I went skiing quite a bit when I was a kid and, you know, took a bunch of like youth lessons and stuff like that. And uh, I know for a fact that it happened to me. And I, I can also recall a couple other people that, that it happened to. Like, I think when you're just like a certain <laughs> age, chairlifts just I, maybe you can't anticipate the speed at which they're going to come or yeah. something. Or, or And it also doesn't help that you're not quite tall enough. Like I was like, they, maybe it's going to stop require, They kind of require like a little jump. You know, when you're when you're a younger kid, you, you kind of have to leap back into him a little bit. Yeah. Um, whereas as, as an adult, you know, you just feel it touch your leg and then you just sit down. But when you're when you're little, it just swings around and it hits you in the ass and knocks you over. And I I think a lot of kids don't expect it. This is why I don't leave the house anymore. That's probably why you had that attitude, because it's just like this resigned defeat of like, oh, God, again. <laughs> I was the only kid on that particular field trip who got knocked over by the chairlift. So <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty bad, though. Well, hey, if you have... A, I know we're a video game podcast, but I, I like stories about children upsetting strangers. I feel like it's a bygone era. I'm not comfortable yelling at a child. So uh, if you upset a stranger as a kid, I want you to send us an email and tell us tell us about your best... Uh, tell us about the best time that you upset a complete stranger. Anyway, speaking of video games, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast episode 22, though you wouldn't know it. By listening for Boy, the first few it, minutes. It's just as good as, as uh, 15, at least. Yeah. Maybe tw- even twice as good. It's twice as good as 11. Yeah, almost certainly. I, just, I, guess, I guess someone I knew won three Grammys this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, But were they his? I guess, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Like, I've always questioned that, speaking of being a little kid, from a little kid, like when multiple people win one award, I've always wondered who keeps it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, uh, I mean... I guess there technically are three of them, four of them, really, uh, that, that were winning that particular award. But I don't know. Well, you know, whoever yeah. does keep it is a total top. Yeah, that's true. Total dickheads, what it is. <laughs> There's always got to be an alpha in every group. Well, I mean, they, 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 they have three to split between the four of them. So I'm sure, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe everyone gets to keep take home one. You could melt them all down and make four smaller trophies. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to say that I've heard that, you know, they only have like one that they hold when they present it. But I, I think they do create duplicates for uh, for other people who who are involved. But I could be that wrong. Maybe sense. maybe not. Uh, I guess that makes sense, because um, I know when my my dad was nominated for the Oscar a few years back, he could only put three names on the list and he was allowed like no more than that. So video games. <laughs> should, should we talk about this? Well, I, there's like one little tiny thing that I just wanted to get out of the way really quick, which is that yeah, go. <laughs> it is about games, too. So don't worry about that. Don't you worry. Did uh, you upset a stranger with video games? Um, Maybe. Okay. Well, let's, let's I don't, I don't remember go down that. this path. Yeah. Uh, but this is good news because Project Zomboid is almost in its like public beta for the multiplayer portion. Which is going to be fucking amazing. Now, I know you two played a, a bunch of it. I haven't heard anything from Jay playing it for a little while. Did it, did it lose its allure? Or? No, I just had other things to do. It's just something where like, when, when you do play it, there's no way you're going to be able to do anything else for the duration. Is it that good? Like, should I, should I pick it up? Should I really try it? You're, you're going to get you're going to get set on a task and you're going to want to complete that task no matter what. Yeah, I That's mean, kind of what it is. What happens for me anyways, when I play Project Zomboid is I'll I obviously start from a new character because the only reason I ever quit playing the game is because I die. So I'm always starting fresh from a new character and then I just play it, ignoring all else except for maybe food and occasional shitting. And I just do that until my character dies. And even if that takes days, like in real life, that's what I'll do. <laughs> Hmm. My last character didn't die. My last character, I felt like I did so good, I couldn't keep playing because I didn't want him to die. <laughs> See, and that's the that's the problem with. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys would describe Zomboid as a roguelike, but that's the problem with with games like that. Is w- once you do kind of learn it and you really like get far and and get well equipped and have this one you know very successful, uh, like like Dwarf Fortress is a good example where you spend forever learning how to play. And then you finally kind of figure it all out and you build like your masterpiece 
And uh, then goblins and then, come and destroy it. And... Yeah, you know, it catches on fire or some shit and just ruins everything. And I don't know. It, it's it's tough to swallow sometimes. I have really I have been trying to hold off because I think early access is I don't think highly of it for pretty much anything. But something about Rust is so alluring to me. I, I really think I'm going to have to pick it up. I'm I'm just so curious about it. And uh, because, I keep forgetting which one that is. So that's the one that is Minecraft, except with guns and good graphics. Yeah, it's got it's got realistic graphics, and uh, you can get a nine millimeter. But same same kind of deal. There's a little bit more to uh, living, from what I can tell. Like the the goal is to survive. That's the sole goal in the game. Is just not to die. And um, you you have to worry about eating food and uh, being protected from the elements and things like that. If you watch the trailer, it says stuff like, you know, you start out from nothing and it shows a guy like hacking at trees with like a stone axe or whatever. And Well, so I guess like when you very first start off, oh, you just starbound then. I don't I don't know. Uh, does starbound have guns? Can you shoot each other in starbound? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if this is how you start or if it's just something that people do. But you can get naked in the game. You have to enable nudity uh, through a console command, but you can you can basically get naked and uh run around and um you can pick up rocks and use rocks to to kill things or smash items or stuff like that and and kind of a bizarre number of people seem to have taken that up as a hobby where they don't really try to play the game they just run around nude with a rock and will like chase people down and i've I've watched a lot of clips on like youtube of people who have just discovered like bizarre strangers in this game who are you know, walking around just making weird noises and with shotguns. And there's this one video that cracked me up where this guy is just being followed by this dude who's way better armed than him. And the guy is not killing him and he's not really like running after him. He's just slowly following him everywhere. And uh, I don't know why, but it just cracks me up watching this guy like t- keep turning around. He's like, oh, shit, yeah, I mean, he's still there. Strange stalkers are hilarious. Yeah. And I, so I don't really know if I want to be that or if I just want to experience that. But I'm really considering kind of going against my own advice here and uh, and picking this up and checking it out. You know, some things are worth the early access. You know, Zomboid is buggy as all hell, but. For some reason, it's just still so playable. Well, and this enjoyable. is this is a. They both sound like games where I think it's kind of what it's meant for. Like you know, they're both games where there's not really so much a goal as it is just you know you're hopping in to just dick around. Like there's there's no story mode to Rust. There's no way to win or beat it or anything like that because it is basically just a Minecraft clone, a shitty Minecraft clone. Then uh, you know that that makes it feel more acceptable to purchase that early access i still think it's a bad idea usually but god i just something about it it's so magical probably a game where there's not going to be much difference between playing the early access and playing it when it's finished just because it's like minecraft where you can just you don't have to progress and get all of the content you could just run around naked that, with a rock that, that actually reminds me because I, I bought this up in um you know in the chat but i don't think anyone really looked but um did anyone look at this report on, um, you know, Kickstarter games? Some compiled all this data about games that start on Kickstarter, get fully funded, and then uh, took a look at how many of them are actually completed to, you know, a fully playable game. Oh, boy. I can only imagine what the numbers are. Well, and so I mean, that's, that's why I didn't really follow it too much, is I remember you linking me to the uh, spreadsheet, but I didn't really see, like, any totals. And that's kind of what I'm more interested in is... He has totals, though. Um, oh, well, maybe I just didn't look. I think the name of the blog is like Evil is a Hobby or something. Um, I mean, they don't look good, but I also think that, um, you know, when, you, when you're looking at Kickstarter, you're looking at something a little different here. Like, like I, think, I, I think the problem continues to be, you know, as opposed to Early Access, where Early Access actually is a store. And you actually are just putting your money down dumbly for something that you don't understand. You know, Kickstarter, it's not a store. People keep treating it like it is. You're not going there to shop. You're not going there to say, oh, this concept looks interesting. I'm going to buy that. And I expect a product. And, you know, it's a, it's a risk. It's a gamble. But, you know, I, I, I thought it I thought it was... Um, I mean, there's no, at least someone interesting. There's, there's no expectation, of course, that you that you have to get a game out of a Kickstarter. Although it is weird to see when, you know, a developer says, I want this much money so I can make a game. And then they actually get that much money, which doesn't happen to everybody. And then they just don't make it. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I guess that happens. I, I don't know that I've ever seen. 
at least not personally. I've, I've never seen a case where they just didn't make anything. I've seen a case where they've made something and then hit all these kind of walls because they didn't expect them. See, but the ones that bug me and the ones that I feel go against the spirit of the entire thing are the games that are going to get made anyway, because it kind of just turns into a, you know, like like a pre-order at some point. Like at some point it just stops being a pre-order. Like mm-hmm. as much as it sucks to have a Kickstarter game that you contribute money to that never gets made or, or never gets completed, I almost think it sucks more to have the market saturated with games where, you know, it's big developers who have starting capital and stuff like that and who are like, ah, let's get paid now and and go out and and get the setup. I, I feel like it just kind of sets that precedent. And I think you're already seeing people who are starting to abuse that, uh, that goodwill and that faith. I, I, I always liked it more as the idea of, you know, Hey, this game can't exist oh, yeah. unless we, unless we get those donations. Well, I, I feel like it's slowly trending away from that as the, the high profile Kickstarter games are starting to be ones where they were already in production before they started to kickstart it. See, but I see, I think I, I can see the difference there and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, forgive me because I got to apply a little kind of film logic to this. I don't know that there's always a guarantee that those games are going to be made anyway. I think what happens more often than not, at least, you know, in the film side of things is a creator says, OK, I have this idea and they go to their studio or whatever. And the studio's like, oh, we don't know that we really want to fund that. It's like if we see there's some kind of interest in it, then, yeah, maybe we'll put the money behind it. So mm-hmm. then the creator has to go out and they have to use something like Kickstarter or Indiegogo and make that in, those initial funds and then have the big guy uh, come up behind them and kind of back the rest of it after they after they prove in uh, on these crowdfunding sites that, uh, you know, this game has wheels. Well, I understand that, you know, uh, another piece of this is. To have a successful Kickstarter, it, I feel like a lot of times, especially for games, you have to have something to show. I mean, you know, some people will do this just based off like a piece of concept art. <laughs> They'll just make a single piece of concept art and be like, this will be my game. And uh, Here's an anime girl I drew. Here's an anime girl I drew and this will be the game. <laughs> Why is it a girl? I don't know. But Pay it and is. find out. But at the same time, and this is maybe just a prediction that I'm making, and it might not be Kickstarter. It might be another platform, but I feel like the way that it's trending is at some point, I think that a company like EA is going to come to you and be like, hey, come kickstart Battlefield 5 and we'll put in all these additional features uh, that we weren't going to be able to do before. Like, I, well, think, I-, I think they'll do something like that where like this wasn't in the budget, but we want you to fund it and it'll then it can exist. I actually have some uh, a little, you know, again, I apologize because this is more the film side of things. But, um, you know, we 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 had a bit of paranoia that the big um, studios would do the same thing like Warner Brothers and Universal and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing to say that they're not yet. But when these first kind of big celebrity funded or big director funded, whatever Kickstarter showed up, like the one by Spike Lee and the Veronica Mars movie and all that kind of stuff. When those first showed up, that's when everyone got super paranoid. And it's like, oh, how dare you? Kickstarter is for us, the little guy, the indies. And um, someone did a study on that. And someone actually found out that the people that went and kind of kickstarted those campaigns didn't know that Kickstarter had even existed. So what it actually ended up doing is it showed a 40% rise in people that use Kickstarter, and they didn't just stay with the big movies that were funded. They went and they found other smaller movies and other smaller projects throughout the website that they also funded and backed. So it raised visibility kind of across the board for everyone. So um, I I, I I think that's a good silver lining. But yeah. it, it, at the same time, there's a part of me that, that was still a little and, disappointed when I watched the Veronica Mars Kickstarter end. And then like three weeks later, we had a trailer like, I don't know. Well, and, 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 and you know, it's not like what you're saying doesn't have any weight because, um, you know, Square Enix has kind of started its collective uh, project. And, you know, they're the little the little kind of uh, catnip that they're sprinkling on it is like, oh, and if this stuff works out, then maybe. We'll also see Fair Effect and Gex and all this appear on the collective. And yes. the collective, of course, is just Clarence to go on to Indiegogo. So it's not that far away. Why do they? Uh, why would you even bring Gex up when we still don't have a new Buck Bumble game? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the I think the objectives of 
these crowdfunding sites are kind of clashing because you think about it, it's, it's even in the name, Kickstarter. What do you imagine? You imagine a guy who's got a great idea and he just needs money for it. So he goes on to Kickstarter and he just, you know, he goes to get some money. But then when you think about it from Kickstarter's end, they're making a percentage of everything that gets sort of chipped in. So right. it's in their interest to say, well, fuck you. Like, even though this site is for the little guys, fuck you. You're too little. You're not going to make us very much money. We want the the corporate guys to come in and kickstart something that is going to generate like, you know, a million dollars because then that's when we get paid. So it's kind of like against their stated interests just because of the way the, the funding works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that you know, crowdfunding is ever to keep anyone out. I think, I mean, I understand, you know, the fears that people have because I'm a, you know, smaller content creator as well. And it's like, you know, you know, it's not, not none of these websites when they first started cropping up, none of them came up with the thing with a, you know, a little fine print there. Oh, but if you're like a studio that makes this amount of money, then you can't use our website. You know, there's nothing stopping anyone from using it. it you know, it says Kickstarter, but it's like kind of oh. kickstarting any project. It's kickstarting. I, I just don't pay attention to what goes on on the website outside of uh, film and video games. Uh, but then I hear about some ridiculous stand that you can get for your iPad that someone's trying to kickstart or some kind of idiotic, like there are literally atheist shoes that, that got a successful <laughs> They keep me uh, from floating up money. into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> some weighted lead shoes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it, I, I think if I think if you know there were conditions for Kickstarter, I don't know how well that would kind of serve the the spirit of things. I I think if anything, you know, my my pitch has always been you make a crowdfunding site that kind of has two levels, and this is just to kind of um, you know diminish some of the outrage that people have over it. And you have one level that's kind of uh, content creators that can prove. Uh, proof of concept and that they've worked on stuff before and that they know what they're doing and how to handle money, et cetera. And you do this with maybe a few trailers or a, a link to kind of your previous works. And then, you know, these are kind of like the quote unquote gold projects or something where you can be reasonably sure that you're going to see something for the money that you put in. And then you have the kind of smaller, you know, unproven concepts, one that are just the picture or the drawing of the anime lady. And then you come in and you know the risks that you're taking. And, you know, that doesn't solve any of our problems with the big studios coming in and taking over and and clearly it would even benefit them more in some sense but i do think it's a way to kind of diffuse some of that anger people seem to have over kickstarter and other crowdfunding sites i'm not saying anybody gets turned away but like um let's say you started a kickstarter for whatever and it, it has atheist like a, shoes maybe okay you you started a kickstarter for atheist shoes and whoa 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 hey i want i want some halal shoes okay so you, <laughs> so you start a kickstarter for some halal shoes and you set your goal at 500 dollars. kickstarter is not going to see much money from that even if it gets funded and i feel like if you do that like in the back of my mind there, there's there's like this little paranoia that says oh the people who run kickstarter know that they have no interest in getting this funded because why yeah, would that they? is true. But if I started the same exact thing, like if I, if I started my atheist shoes or whatever, and I set the goal to a million dollars, then I, there's that same thing in the back of my head saying, you know, I bet some Kickstarter people are, have actually seen this and they're like, well, there's potential here for us to actually make money. So maybe if we give this some front page love, you know, like they're I, not going to give front page love. I, to I the do think that's fair. Like I, I think when, I think when you're skimming money off of each project, as your business model, I think that you absolutely have an incentive to, you know, kind of help make sure that the big ones are are landing their goals. I wouldn't even be surprised. And I'm, I want to be very clear. I'm not accusing anybody of doing this, but I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, in some roundabout way, maybe Kickstarter would, you know, split up money and contribute something. So like if they, if they saw that there was a job, or a, a, a project that was at $20,000 and it hadn't been funded, uh, but it was at like, you know, 19 with a day to go. Well, if I was Kickstarter, I'd take some capital and I'd have one of my employees. Yeah, because you'd make more. Pump pump that into it so I can process my, you know, $5,000 bill or whatever you get. Yeah. I'm, again, right. I'm and totally it, not saying that that's what's going on. But I do think that when you're making it a business like that, there is some opportunity for you know, stuff like that to happen. I th- I think that's a fair assessment of it, but you kind of have to I, take the good with the bad. And I, and I do, and I do think that's fair, but I, you know, it's from, you know, at least from my interface with Kickstarter, it seems like that they've done a good job of keeping things relatively mixed. It's like, yeah, they promote kind of the big fish, but they promote a few smaller fish as well. I've seen, 
you know, a few of my friends get on there, get on their little front page for a day or something uh, with their projects. So, but I mean, I mean, I mean, you're right, Jason, there's definitely more interest in skimming off the top here and getting their percentage. But to my understanding, you have to pay them to even put a project up anyway. I, I do think that I would be very interested to see uh, if somebody opened a competitive site, not even necessarily competitive, but maybe a site like it feels like Kickstarter is pretty, you know, they stand pretty far back in this in this stuff. They let you put it out there. They take their share of it. And then that's pretty much it. Like they don't really step in too much. If a yeah. backer doesn't finish a project, that's too, that's too bad. You already signed that away. You know, they're not super involved in it and they don't have any rules and limitations. Anybody can create it. It doesn't matter if you're a multimillionaire or if you're a homeless guy, anybody can sign up and, and make a Kickstarter. And I do wonder if there was a website that was similar, but had some very strict regulations and a lot more interaction. I wonder if that would produce, you know, more powerful content or if it would, you know, kind of flop as a result. Like, I wonder if they set limitations like, you know, you have to show us uh, how much you've already spent on this project or something like that. And like they really worked with you before they put it out there. I'd be really curious to see at some point, though, it just becomes a business loan. It well, stops. There are... so, so like it's so like the collective. Well, that's, well. <laughs> in a way, that's kind of what I'm curious about. The collective is not necessarily the kind of rules and regulations that I'm looking for, but it's sort of they're definitely more stringent than Kickstarter. And I, I haven't read into it enough, but I'm pretty sure all the stuff that you see on the collective right now is stuff that will get released. I, I don't think we're I don't think we're concerned about any of those games and, and them not seeing light. And they all also look pretty far along. I, I don't. I didn't see anything on the collective that looked like it was uh, short of beta. I would say. I was going to say there are other sites that, uh, you know, they do the crowd the crowdfunding and they do it only with games and they have some little tiny specialties. There's yeah, there. I mean, there there are definitely a few alternatives to Kickstarter, and like, I think the other yeah. big alternative is Indiegogo. Um, but there are definitely a lot of smaller ones that are kind of cropping up all over the place now. You, you said unique to video games. Who who are you thinking of specifically? I've never heard of. Oh well, there's one. Uh, for some reason, they like they pulled their site, and then like for the last three or four months, like they keep tweeting like every week, "We're coming back soon. We're coming back soon." And I'm like, you might want to stop tweeting that until you're actually coming back soon. But there there is a site. I don't remember what it's called. Um, I'll just have to find out what it is later. I know I'm following them on Twitter, but. They crowdfund only games, and they also say that they have a sort of a like a panel of other like independent developers, and they say like if we get you funded, then we'll also have those developers like look over your game. And these are people who presumably have already released fairly successful games, and they'll like give you hints about like what you need to do in order to get your game better known, or what you can do to like polish it up and things like that. I want to. Uh, I, I think it's a, a brilliant uh, business model because it allows Kickstarter to really just make a pretty hefty sum of money with very little work on their part. Like they shoulder some legal risk and, and some stuff like that, but I imagine that their uh, capital to to actual cost of running is is probably pretty low. And I, I would think that we are a little behind in the times because we haven't started one. I'm going to propose to you guys. This is my idea. It's a site exactly like what I described. We call it Gimme Gimme. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I like it. Pretty good. Your money. Project your put on there right away. <laughs> your, your money, our ideas. <laughs> I like it. I think we should do it. So I what Kickstarter's already kind of half won the game, though, because... Um, the massive problem I found, and we did it, we've done it here. And even when I shot my own little crowdfunding video, you know, we kept saying Kickstarter. And it's like they've yeah. got that brand on. Yeah, you know, it's, like a t- it's like a Kleenex now. Yeah. Or a band aid. Or, or a band aid or a, um, a trash can. Um, right. You know, it's just a brand. Uh, whenever stuff like this happens, I, I don't want you to feel defeated because Kickstarter exists and has such a monopoly because there is always spillage uh, from the big boy table for the little puppies and children to pick up and eat. You know, there's always scraps and leftovers for you. And, and uh, you know, $10,000 to you is probably a lot more than it is to Kickstarter. So if we could start it and get it running, we'd, we'd be good to go. And sometimes, this does happen, I, I can prove it, sometimes you can take a successful formula that somebody already has 
literally do the exact same thing <laughs> and not only not only uh make as much money as them but surpass them in profits and then what you do is you go out there and you trademark and copyright everything that you've done uh and then attempt to sue or at least stop anybody else from using that information or words this is some delicious candy <laughs> it's it's not uncommon. So what I'm telling you right now is that Gimme Gimme starts up, and you know what you do at Gimme Gimme? You come in and you sign up for for a, a Kickstarter. That's what we call them. And uh, we're going to go out there and trademark that shit, and then we're going to take Kickstarter and put them out of business. Oh, shit. Have you guys played Candy Crush Saga? <clears throat> yeah, I played it. Is it good? Like, uh, it's... Is it different from Bejeweled? How is it different? It's different. It's just... I mean, listen, the people saying that Candy Crush is like a ripoff of Bejeweled, that's kind of... That's a low blow because Bejeweled uses like a a general mechanic that's just so prevalent in puzzle games anyways that you can't really say that it belongs to Bejeweled, but well, it is pretty much the same. That's comparative, but a lot of King's other games, if you look at them... Some of them are nearly one-to-one oh, oh, copies. I know. I know that. <laughs> so Candy Crush is probably their most original title. Yeah. And work so it makes went sense. into it. I, I, yeah, I feel like if you actually tried, I feel like it makes sense that you would then go out and do all these asinine things because you clearly don't understand you know, how the world works or, or just how life is in no, general. No, they, they, they were simply exercising their right to copyright law. That's what the apology said. Did it was did they write an apology? A quotation mark apology. Can, can you apologize for something if you keep doing it anyway? <laughs> sure you like, can. They, they 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 said they weren't actually trying to stop Banner Saga from using Saga. They were just exercising their right to copyright law in order to protect their brand. Isn't this the and they, even in the future in case someone blatantly rips them off? This is the like Bethesda they have against Notch thing again with scrolls. Yeah, yeah. And common words. And, you know, some of that is just legal departments on autopilot that are just, you know, hey, we got to gotta do this. Like, I, I can't imagine how many of those lawsuits, um, like, Disney gets involved in. You know, when, when you actually hold them under a microscope, they don't, they don't hold any weight. They don't have any, any, any value to them. But well, unless, unless you're YouTube. You, YouTube or YouTube? YouTube. Oh, because I was going to say, Bono has been known to sue... Uh, on trademark yeah. counts frequently. Well, that, well, that's true. But uh, everyone, you know, everyone named Joshua. Yeah, he got on their case. You, you, you make you make a claim with uh with YouTube, and they're right with you. Apparently, you don't even have to be the owner of the copyright claim. You, yeah, might, you don't have to just file a claim. Just pick a, a YouTube video at random and say I claim this, and YouTube will be like, "All right, boss, we're it shutting just, it down." <laughs> but, but no, no, because if it was really that simple, all you would have to do is release your video and then immediately claim a copyright violation on yourself, and then it's yours. Well, maybe Terry Cavanaugh should do that. God, did I just find... I found the loophole. You might have found okay, the Okay, Terry, if you're listening, please go on to your, your YouTube page and start claiming your own videos are infringing on your own copyright. Don't appeal anymore. Wait. Just add your claim on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, okay. Problem solved. That'll work. I, I think we I think we just fixed YouTube, guys. Just right here. We fixed VVVVVV. Bob couldn't do it, <laughs> but we did. That's because Bob's a bitch. <laughs> Bob's, a, Bob's a little stick bitch. <laughs> Didn't have a chance, but Man. here we are solving problems. Um, we might as well call it Forbes.com. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, well, I mean, shit, we have an MBA writing articles for the site, so. Uh, oh, MFA. Similar, similar. What's that? Motherfucking asshole? <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. I think that's what most people think of me as. I thought he said MBA. I feel lied to, and now I don't care as much anymore. Every time I yeah. hear MBA, I think NBA. Yeah, like like the, like Carl Malone. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know who he is? He was he played for Utah. I don't know if anybody would know. Yeah, I, I only know who he is because I keep I've always saw like I saw Jimmy Kimmel's like shitty impersonation of him years ago on TV. He was, uh, I, I went car shopping a few months ago and he owns a dealership, uh, here and he was, he was there while I was car shopping. And, uh, reminds me, I got, I got through all of, uh, this French cartoon called Tony Parker's Basque Cup. That has no relevance to the website whatsoever. I thought I would mention it since we're talking about basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Parker. Carl Tony Parker. Tony Parker and Carl Malone. Your biggest fans. Yeah. Yeah. 
Carl, if you're listening, uh, remember me? I was looking at that uh, RAV4 and I didn't buy it. He'll, he'll remember. <laughs> sure, he will. If you sure. remember, just send us an email. If you, if you remember, <laughs> Carl, shoot shoot me a shoot me a, a fat rhyme and I'll read it on the. Also, we will take any NDA endorsements if you're that. Sure. You know. Yeah, Enemy Slime, the gaming website of choice by. <laughs> Carl Malone and uh, uh, Tony Parker. Tony Parker. For enough money, I'll love any sport you want me to. Your favorite basketball player, Allen Iverson. He loves us. <laughs> writes writes in all the time. And like, hey, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. And we're buds with too. Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might be a little antiquated on my basketball references, but that's okay. We're going bit. we're going back in time further and further, but uh, video game. What else is new? What else happened this week? Uh, Gears of War. Uh, got purchased by Microsoft, which is isn't. Yep. I, I, it, it's debatable how how much that's news. Basically, Epic had a four game contract uh, with with Microsoft, and um, I think for the last one, their hearts really weren't in it. Like, there's there's nothing really wrong with Judgment. It's an okay game in its own right, but you you can tell it, it has this feeling like, here you go, Jesus, I'm finally done. Like, I, had that's- I only ever played the first one and apparently they didn't miss out in not playing the sequels uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyways <laughs> i mean they're, they're um they're games um you know what you know what they do have that i really appreciate is every single one of them has two-player split-screen local co-op which oh, that's fun. which i adore and, and that was the most fun i had with the original game yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, playing two co-op, and I never beat three, and that's largely because I didn't have a co-op partner for it. It's kind of if you want to If you want to beat Gears of War 3 with me, let me know. They put out a, a good, solid series, and then, like, right before the series dies, they just kind of throw out one last, one last game where they clearly weren't feeling it, and... You know, years ago, that was that game was actually Unreal Tournament three. They clearly were not into it. I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I ever played Unreal Tournament three. I think the last one that I played was Two K four is just fucking sexy, and that's like I, the best. I think, I think that's what it was. Was uh, I actually wanted to say two thousand five, but I'm guessing there is no two thousand. No, there's uh, two K four and then three. It probably was two thousand four. Then yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a picture. This game is great because this was. <laughs> This was that perfect middle ground where it had uh, it had vehicles. Yeah, had that assault mode where you're jumping from moving vehicles to like yep. do objectives. Yep, that was freaking great. I'm a big sucker to just driving like vehicles around in in my first person shooters, like <laughs> especially that- with friends, like having passenger seats mm-hmm. and stuff. Battlefield's not quite crazy enough for me to really get my jollies off on it. Like that's one where you get in like a plane and you crash it into the side of a building and everybody's angry at you. <laughs> um, but Unreal was kind of like you get in something and and you make it explode and it's like whoa yeah like or they didn't even they matter. encourage you to crash it into people because like one of them is like some scorpion buggy or whatever and you press primary fire and these huge blades like flip out the sides of it so they just want you to run into shit yeah that was a dope game yeah what else uh what came before what the original unreal tournament and then 2003 was was before i think yeah yeah 2003 and then i think it was just the original maybe i don't know and then we haven't had one since 2009 which was just a re-release of ut3 yeah. That's too bad. I hope they uh I hope someday they go back to that well and uh and deliver it. But yeah, Judgment was kind of uh it it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't going to win take so many awards. But after they finished it, Epic straight up said like we ain't, we ain't doing any more of these. And I remember reading a, an article about how they were going to try to focus more on on building engines and kind of tone down the amount of games that they put together. And so I was really surprised uh, when they've kind of changed their mind on that and are, are clearly still still working on some games. But either way, this kind of left it in question, like what exactly would happen to Gears of War? Uh, it, it had always done well for Microsoft, but it wasn't it ain't Halo like just just that simple. It ain't Halo. That right. should be it. That could be its subtitle. <laughs> tagline in the trailer you know it, it plays that sad song of, I like I like I really like the reloading mechanic in Gears of War yeah it's fun although if you haven't played for a while and you go back uh and and play it it, it feels wrong like it, it takes a little bit to get into uh 
Um, it's probably not. Know. It's probably not like the crowning achievement that in this was, explosive was, action game, it. everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I really love the reloading mechanic." Man, man, reloading guys, super because, solid. Because I was, I was like, you know, I was, I was, I began the reloading king. Have my little sniper rifle, take a shot, bam, hit it every time. Well, so like, if you're me, you like to uh, reload all the time. Like one bullet goes Fired out, one like, shot, better reload. Better reload. I might need all 30 well, I, bullets I, for whatever's around the corner. I, I just remember using the sniper rifles, and sniper rifles are usually one round, and that's it. Well, yeah, and so if you're playing a game that was, like, snipers only, like, who was best at reloading pretty much decided how the game would go. But uh, either way, like I said, there was some question as to what exactly would happen to the franchise, and I think the only really natural solution finally came about in that Microsoft just went ahead and purchased the IP uh, from Epic for an undisclosed amount of uh, bucks. Um, and I, I don't know, they put up this big interview about it on the Xbox site and they were almost kind of asking like, you know, is Epic sad? And I don't know why you'd be sad. Like, <laughs> it'd be great. Well, Epic tweeted out that we're still making video games after <laughs> that happened. I mean, hey guys, well, don't yeah. forget our other game. Hey, listen, well, they, well, see, speaking of Rust and Minecraft and, and, uh, Project Zomboid and Spacebound and, uh, you know, and, I'm sorry, Starbound and uh, yeah, Space all Bound. these other games. <laughs> you know, Epic was like, where you still have Fortnite, you know, our little thing. That's exactly like these other things. That would have been our original idea when we announced it three years ago. Yeah, it's coming out. <laughs> it's coming out. It's Listen, be Epic, you're, you're good. At, you're really good at making engines. You've made one of the most popular engines in history. Yeah, Just rest on those laurels because, frankly, you're hit and miss at making games. They're a little all over the place. Did Epic do Bulletstorm? Who? I, I think it was the Unreal Engine, but I don't think I don't know if it was. That I know one. for I know for sure it was Unreal, but I don't know. I have to look this up because I'm actually really curious. Oh, it was People Can Fly, who yeah, yeah, was yeah. actually owned they did by Epic, killer, didn't they? Uh, I want to say yes. I believe they did because I liked that game a lot. <laughs> it's so stupid, but yeah. Don't you? Oh wait, hold on. Maybe I was thinking of something else. I keep thinking of some game where you remote control a T Rex or something. Well, I like think that. it was. I think at some point in Bulletstorm, you do control like a robot slash dinosaur. Yeah, I believe robot dinosaur. But the big the big draw in Bulletstorm is uh, is like stylish kills. So you have an attack where you can kick someone, and if you kick them, they'll fly up into the air, and that's five hundred points. But yeah. if you shoot them while they're in the air, that's a thousand points. And if you kick them into the air, shoot them into the nuts. And kick and then, them into an electrical... And then kick them up against an electric fence yeah. or into a... There's a plant, a, a man-eating plant that you can kick them into. That's like, you know, 8,000 points and stuff like that. And I don't know. There's something so, that was really so, satisfying. So, Jarrett. Yeah. Speaking of landing some sweet tricks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about the one video game we actually played this week? Um, yeah. So um, it was uh, Tony Hawk Shred. <laughs> I, I at least I, one person laughs at your jokes. I, I went <laughs> shut shut up or don't shut up. Laugh more. But yeah, I, I went out to the store and I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to pay one hundred and fifteen dollars to play a Tony Hawk game. <laughs> and good news. There's a way to do that. No, but um, uh, Tony Hawk is such the uh, the phoenix that's fallen, man. The shame. Like I said, I, I posed this question in the review and, and in uh, in our chat. And uh, just asked, what is the last Tony Hawk game? I, and it I'm is so Shred. I didn't get that. It is Shred. And <laughs> nobody knew because even if you Google this, there's maybe like 20 people that know that that game came out. <laughs> like, I can't find footage of it anywhere on YouTube. There's maybe like four Let's Plays. They're all like super cheaply done. And, uh, and just like four guys sitting around in a living room with it, jumping on the board. <laughs> Looks ridiculous. So, I mean... I mean, the last Tony Hawk game I played was uh, Project 8, which was pretty miserable. But the last Tony Hawk game I played that I finally remember was American Wasteland. I'm just antiquated. And, the last one I played was 3, but I loved it. Uh, three, man, 3 is probably good. one of the best, I think, of all time. And that's not nostalgia talking because I keep playing the Tony Hawk games that I do own. So I think 3 is just for some solid you know, skateboarding fun. Yeah. That's the one that I go to the most. And then and it had Darth like Maul in it. Come on. Yeah, you know, exactly. They were even fun. There was uh, two, two got ported over to the Game Boy Advance and it was great. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> yeah, was, it was, it was basically it was like three with, with like worse graphics. So, I mean, still good. Yeah. yeah. It was, it so was three great. was fun. Four was fun. Wasteland was fun. 
Underground was fun. Didn't have as much fun with Underground 2, but I think it was the first one I owned um, for whatever Sony's handheld was at the time. Was it the PSP? Is it that old? I think that's Sony's, Sony's only handheld. It's been the PSP and then the Go. Yeah, so it was like the first one of the first games I had for the PSP. Man, the PSP is really fucking old. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Still a pretty solid piece of machinery, but yeah, yes, it, yeah. Is, it is quite old. But yeah, I with with my sexy new Vita, I uh, picked up Ali Ali uh, for the well for the Vita. I already said that, <laughs> um, and it is pretty pretty good. Do you do any Ollies? You do. Uh, so the it's it's so weird because it's such a it's such a simple game, but it really kind of bends your mind a little bit when you start to play it. And I, I kind of mentioned this in the review a little bit. Every game that I play nowadays is pretty much the same. Like, there's a reload button. If I have to jump, I know it's going to be A or X or spacebar. Like, I just know that that's going to be jump. And if it's not, I'm going to remap it so that it is. And, you know, so even even like a third person or a first person game will still wind up playing really similar. And I can always rely on the same stuff. And so I didn't really think about it. But it's been a while since I had to learn a new control scheme uh, or, or a new, you know, kind of control layout or even right. just even just a new style of game. And e- even with platformers, you know, if you go and play uh, Super Meat Boy or, or uh, you know, any of those kind of games, they, they all control the same. And this is completely different because there's only three buttons, two buttons and an analog stick, really. Uh, and all you do with them is the X button can be used to speed up. You push it twice and you'll, you'll kick up to your max speed any more than that. And you're just wasting pushing X. And then all you do is you just hold down the left stick to jump. And, uh, if you're near a rail and you hold it down, you'll do a grind. And, uh, before you land, after you do all your sweet, pretty tricks before you land, you have to press X. And if you press it at just the right time, you'll uh, get a perfect landing and you'll get a whole bunch of points. And if you push it too late, you'll get a sloppy landing or maybe even fall over, which I have been told by skateboarding master uh, Jay Joseph is in fact called a, um, a, a bails, a bails, bailsing. It's, it's a bail. Yeah. If you fall down, you've bailsed <laughs> bails really <day>. hard. So, <laughs> I love bailsing. I'm here to tell you that in Ollie Ollie, I bailsed a lot. I bailsed all the time. And if you fall and die, you in career mode, you get to keep your score. And, and then if you want to, you can start the level over again. But you may have even completed all the objectives when you fell and died. And so you can't move on because career mode does require you to beat the level. You just have to get to the end. The objectives are actually optional. They're only there so that you can unlock professional levels. But I can't tell you just how much trouble this game gave me when I very first started out because for the first time in a long time, I really had to sit down and just learn something new. And I, I mean, I, I, I think um, that landing mechanic is really interesting because it's something that's not prevalent in a lot of skateboarding games. You know, it's, it's like there, there are ways to stick up cooler landing, but usually if you land, you land. That's it. If they just made it so that... Um, if they just made it so you hold the button when you're ready to land and then you would it would be considered a good landing and and you're all set, it would completely change this game. It would make it so much simpler and easier and in a lot of ways probably worse. Like the real charm of this game is how fucking brutally hard it is sometimes. And yeah. uh, occasionally like, it gets like a little too ridiculous. Um, occasionally yeah. it gets a little ridiculous. There are a couple levels that I complained about where they are laid out in such a fashion where even if you see what's coming, you're just barely seeing it. And uh, a lot of times it's too late to make a proper maneuver or do anything. And so a lot of times it just becomes about learning the level and knowing, OK, right here, I have to jump and then land and jump and land. And I can't do tricks or anything like that because there's not enough room to ramp up for my next jump. But there, there are a lot of levels where you just kind of fly through them at the seat of your pants. And, uh, you know, those, those ones are a lot of fun. They're, they're pretty sweet. Did you ever play any other uh, skateboarding games, Jason? Like Skate or uh, I, Skate? I, I played Tony Hawk 2, 3, and I think I saw somebody play Skate, but I didn't actually play it. So I, I don't know if you guys had this, but in arcades, when you go there... There's like tiers of games. So there's the games that no one wants to play, like uh, Joust. J- Joust is a quarter, 
right? And then there's the games that are pretty popular, but uh, you know they're they're older. And uh, like say uh, Street Fighter Two, yeah. Street Fighter Two's fifty cents to play. And then there's the game where you get to like involve your body in some way, You're sitting in a like, chair. You're holding you guns, a, and you pay you like a, a buck fifty. <laughs> yep, you sit in a chair, you hold a gun while you're skateboarding. You know that kind of. <laughs> you shit. have a skateboard on each foot. You get in this weird like tank machine, or you hold your eye up to a, a silent scope and get pink eye, and um, and those games, pink eye costs like a dollar, a dollar fifty. The one I always remember as being the most expensive was the Star Wars arcade, the one that just has the stick, the the flight stick, um, and you can like fight Darth Vader. It, it has like scenes from all three movies, but yeah, Top Skater was uh, was one of those. And it was always in like that dollar to dollar fifty range, which means that you never got to play it. And even if you did get to play it, it was it's so short. Like you put in a dollar and you get on it and you maybe go for like thirty seconds and then it's like, oh, All right, you're done. I didn't need to play it, I was just doing the real thing. Yeah, me too. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, I'm I'm the skateboard master. I took um, you know, the dude tour world championship in two thousand eight. And you can yeah. go ahead and fact check that. No, I I I, go- <laughs> I Googled it. I Googled you and uh, it said that you were uh, only like second to none, except for maybe like Bam Margarita. He was better yeah. than you. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, that, I mean, I, I do it all the time. It's such a blur to me. Yeah, yeah. Bam Bam Margarita, had a, he had the high score for being good at skates, but you were pretty close. So oh, yeah, true. anyway, if you, I, I think that my favorite thing about Ali Ali is just how it's so quick to just jump in and jump out. Um, a typical run is definitely less than a minute. It's maybe like 45 seconds tops. And so it is just such a perfect game to take with you and just pull out whenever you have a few seconds and, uh, and just knock a couple of rounds out and then, and then stop and move on to something else with your life. Um, yeah, that's what I do with my, you know, my organ. Um, like your penis? No, no, no. The other one. Oh, 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 that organ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Oh, what I was going to say is I have to, I've been working on a Tearaway review and I still have Tearaway loaded into my Vita and I literally have been starting up the Vita to to uh, go back to the homepage and start Tearaway and I've just been like, every time I start it up, I'm mid Ollie Ollie, and so I'll be like, well, I'll finish this level. And then I finish it and I don't do a good job or something like that. And I'm like, well, I'll try again. And then before I know it, I never wound up getting to tear away. Kind of looks like the incredible machine, except with a skater instead of a ball. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that a little bit. And this is a complete side note. But as you know, I'm kind of new to the Vita. I think the system is gorgeous. I think the touchscreen feels great. I like the analog sticks. I think they, uh, as much as I enjoy my 3DS, I really, really hate the circle pad after using these analog sticks like it, it would be very difficult to go back to that so i mean the psv is a great system if you're a gamer but if you want to impress the ladies then you need to get the 3ds but can i ask a question that that, that 3d camera that's true you take a picture of your wiener with it you show it to her you say look at that it's in yep. 3d and she's gonna say well why do i need to see it in 3d it's right here in front of me and then you're like you're right maybe you should touch it and then before you know it, you know, you've got kids. Yep, that's how it works. And then you're teaching them how to play the video games, but not showing them those pictures on the 3DS. Um, At least not until they're older. I wonder if, like, when GameStop gets a traded in 3DS, I wonder if there are a lot of, like, 3D dick pics. Because when, <laughs> when, you, well, when you're thinking about 3D, you want to take a picture of an uh, isolated object that is standing apart from its background. And if you look around your room, like, how many of those do you have? Well, you have one all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I didn't get to answer my question because we've gone to organs. You have it all the time. You probably go to the emergency room, just saying. So my question is, and I guess only Jay can answer this, is it just me or is the Vita's menu music A, horrible, and B, very reminiscent of, like, a Sega com or a, a Sega, uh, like like a Sega console, like like Dreamcast background music? I don't know I if you I thought you say it. It does sound a lot like that. Does it not sound like you're going into, like, data management on the Dreamcast? <laughs> it does. What's in the mailbag? I was going to say we got we got ourselves a, a little email uh, and and we've talked so much we may not be able to spend too much time on it but we're going to try and kind of include this a little bit more as we as we go forward 
if you feel like writing to the podcast and want to ask us a question, tell us about a stranger who yelled at you, say an inane thing that doesn't make any sense, we'll, we'll read anything. We don't give a and, shit. And, and right here, right now, Bam Marjura, I'm calling you out. And Tony Parker, I'm calling you out. So, you know, write us and say you're going to come and face me face to face. Jay can't handle this heat. Jay is going to play skateboard basketball against you. I'm going to play skateball. He's probably going to beat both of you. Some basketboarding. Because Jay, Jay has only bailed like three times. In my entire life. In his whole career of, as a and professional I always get all you on both the board. And you board. guys... You you guys out there probably uh, haven't. You, the reason why you're like, I've never heard of Jay the Skateboarder is because you didn't know him uh, by his real name, which is which is uh, Rodney Mullen. So look him up. He's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. his skateboarding name. Anyway, we have an email here from uh, from Chris who has commented. He says, I've noticed that you guys don't review multi-part games on the site. And then, when you did Game of the Year, you said all those episodic games weren't eligible to win. Why do that? What if the experience was so good that it didn't matter that it was unfinished? That's from... That's from not Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Oh, just getting right to it. Slander. Slandering the competition. How about, fuck you, Chris? No. Yeah, Chris, There's a good. There's a good reason for that, and we have discussed this a lot in private, not on the podcast, and we, I mean, I don't don't know if we all, like, completely line up and agree, but we kind of agreed that, like, a multi-part game, you can't review a multi-part game in the sense that, like, you'd be like, oh, the first part got a really shitty score, but the other parts are good, so play those only? Here's here's the, the uh, let, 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 ask yourself this question. Yeah, okay? go ahead. because the the Banner Saga is four part game, but I review the first part and 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 go and look at that Banner Saga score and think, do you like that score? Do you want me to keep reviewing multi part games? Okay, there's your answer. Well, so here's the thing, um, and I, I think that to a large degree we've tied this to transactions because to me a review in this day and age is less about you know talking about what the game is and if you really get down to brass tacks, the reason why somebody is coming to look at it is because they want to know, should I buy this? Like, should I give my money to these people to get this thing? And I don't feel like I can comfortably recommend that you buy something uh, that that could wind up being a complete turd further down the line. Uh, like The Wolf Among Us, great first chapter. What if the last three are super racist? What yeah. if they're just like super racist? What if every five seconds they're just saying horrible things? Which is actually what happened with, um, you know, the, the what is it, the Deponia or, or whatever, that other text adventure, which was something like three chapters. And then, you know, people played the first chapter and like, oh, yeah, this is great. It has a lot of prom- promise and the artwork's great. And, you know, the additional chapter is like, wow, this is pretty racist and sexist. I don't know that I like this as much as I did when it started out. And I'm not being cheeky. This is a real actual thing. <laughs> I actually haven't. I, I think I remember you talking about it, but I don't think I ever looked into it too I much. I mean, think of it this way, uh, dear listener. My favorite game of all time is still Grim Fandango. Uh, the way that the game plays out, it it's, goes across like four years, basically. Um, nowadays, if Grim Fandango was released, it would probably released episodic and you know each year would be its own thing and even though i think grim fandango is like my favorite game ever i would never ever say go buy grim fandango year one and that's game of the year because there's just you you need to get the whole story i mean yeah you can sort of package everything up in year one or at the end of year two but it's just an incomplete story and that's why like why would i give it game of the year if i don't have everything yet it's, well, it's not it's, it's not just an incomplete story it's an incomplete game it's like look if if, if we're comparing this to the older consoles you know banner saga is more along the lines of uh what you know xeno saga was where they said oh this is going to be an rpg that's told in multiple parts and you know and then you know shit happens with series like that where other games just aren't completed or aren't completed how you expect that. So something like that you would uh, grade on individual parts and that this has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a complete game. It's a complete transaction. They're marketing it as a game. They're not marketing it as a part. Whereas another game like, you know, the Walking Dead series, you know, with Walking Dead Season 2, that's just one act. And we all know it's just one act and a five-parter. And we have to, you know, we basically paid for the whole thing and we just have to wait for the other chapters to be released down the line until the full thing's released to us. See, and that's a, that's a good example where, like, those are probably going to be good. They're all going to most likely be good chapters, but there's a lot of opportunity for missteps and situations where 
you know, maybe even in some cases, they, it doesn't get finished. Like a, a game like, and I'm not saying this is ha- what's happening, but a game like Kentucky Route Zero, where they keep missing their their deadlines and aren't pushing the game out uh, in the way it was originally planned. And I know that they have a justifiable cause for that. It's a small team, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine if what, you had given it turned game out of is the really year. good. But it's tough for me to say to you, hey, this is worth $25 when I don't even know if it's going to get finished. Well, let's, like, let's say you gave it game of the year. I mean, then you'd look like a huge dick when you realize, oh, great. Now the other parts just aren't coming out for some reason. And I just told everybody, yeah, you, like, I gave them this glowing recommendation, like, oh, yeah, definitely yeah. drop the money. Well, game that's, game, that's definitely the risk you take if you give a game like Kentucky Route Zero game of the year. Game game of the year is almost a different question to me, though, because the answer is so much simpler. And the reason why we wouldn't have given Kentucky Route Zero game of the year is quite simply because it can come back and do it next year instead. And not only that, but it will be much, much stronger and have a much greater chance of winning it because it'll actually be done. Like I think right, I, right now, if you're going to ask me if the, the 30 minutes that I have to play of Kentucky Route Zero is better than A Link Between Worlds, I'm never, ever going to pick Kentucky Route Zero. It's a great game and I adore the shit out of it, but there ain't that much meat on that bone. But I think I think we also feel the same way about Walking Dead Season 2. We definitely feel that... You know, as episodes are released, if everything is as strong as it was the first episode, then definitely the full package can take game of the year. But we don't have the full package yet. You know, and, and Jason kind of hinted at this a little bit. This hasn't always been something that we've 100% agreed upon. Um, and we, we didn't, like, make this decision lightly. We had very long, drawn-out discussions about this. Yeah, and, we've had a um, few games, uh, it, you know, on the site that became reviews or didn't become reviews it's as well. The, it's, the same thing, it's the same thing that actually has happened with review scores. Uh, we had a lot of arguments and discussions about whether or not we should allow decimal points or if we should just stick to whole numbers or what it should be scored out of. Should it be scored out of 10? Should it be letter grades? It was just and, a matter of uh, conveying what we needed to convey without adding too much of a gradient that was unnecessary. And you know what? Sometimes I'm unhappy with it because I'll play a game and I feel like there's not really an appropriate place to put it. Yeah. At the same time, there are a lot of other times where I really appreciate its simplicity. And I think I'd feel that way if we'd gone a different route. I think there'd be times where I would be really pleased with it. And I think there'd be other times where I'm like, this is kind of bullshit. But like, you know, a wine is graded out of 100 points and that's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, I love I love me some wine, but I don't understand the difference between a 91 and a 92. I feel like with our current setup, it's very clear, you know, where exactly a, a game falls. I feel like when we've answered this question, this is a, probably a bad first question to read because I feel like we've almost attacked you, Chris. I'm sorry to to do that. But the real message that I want to convey here is we do these things for you. Um, <laughs> in, in all, in all sincerity, no, like... It, I'm looking out for you. If you come to me and you're like, Jared, Jared, should I buy an episodic game? No, I don't think you should. Unless you are pretty sure it's something you're going to love, I probably wouldn't suggest doing it. I would wait until it pans out and it's all finished, and uh, and then I would jump in and, and grab it. If it's something like The Walking Dead where you know you're going to love it, then I'm not going to hold it against you if you buy it. But Let's face it, if you, if you, if you uh, want something like Walking Dead or Kentucky Route Zero or The Wolf Among Us to be put up for Game of the Year, you already have a strong opinion of it. So you're more just uh, trying to align our opinions with yours. And, sure. and if you sure. really just want to know, like, if you just want to know whether you should buy whatever that episode, I mean, I, I do plan and I, I did already put up like a sort of preview of like, or I guess it was almost like a review of episode one. It just wasn't like... Yeah. It just yeah, wasn't it just scored or tour. anything. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. And I said I definitely say, go buy it because it's great, and I'll continue I, doing that. I wouldn't say that it's fair to say that we don't review them. We just don't attach scores to it. I just right, feel exactly. like I just feel like that's something where I know that it's the bottom line that a lot of people are looking for, and I feel like that's something that should be reserved until a product is complete. But I certainly don't mind telling you what I thought about what I've played, and in some cases, this can work out almost in in a game's favor because, like, take Burial at Sea. Uh, which had a pretty, you know, Lucio wasn't exactly thrilled with the opening. I wouldn't say it was amazing by any means, but it's got a chance now to completely turn that around, and we're not going to release a review until part two comes out, and that could completely change the score that we would have given it. And, you know, and, part, and, part and, one's and, a three, but part two might make the whole thing, the whole package of five. So anyway, that's our that's our reasoning, and that's our logic behind this. And uh, if you think it's wrong, you can you can just... Uh, 
you can be our friend. Yeah, we're, we're not yelling at you, uh, Sir Chris, but we just, uh, you know, we do talk about this stuff extensively, sometimes to the point where we're not friends anymore. I'd love to I'd love to hear more, though, like if you if there's other stuff that anybody out there is, is wondering, you know, why did we decide to do this or what happened here or uh, any of that? You know, I don't even mind defending a review score. If you think we gave a game a shitty review, write us an email. Tell us and uh, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. I'm I'm open to that. We probably won't change it. I don't think we're in the habit of changing scores, <laughs> but maybe you can get us to say unofficially on a on a podcast that, you know, we think differently. Well, I don't know. I I I, I tend to create a very solid opinion of something before pass it out there yeah i don't think i've turned in anything where i would really change my mind Um, yeah i I feel the same it would it would take a lot there's only one thing i would change my mind on and that's if if somebody emailed me and said i don't think one out of five is very fair for mirror moon then i would here's what (laughs) i would do i'd go into uh, my paint program i would design an all-new graphic for a zero out of five and i'd use that and i'd change the score to a zero out of five (laughs) there you go so write to us and tell us how unfair the mirror moon review was (laughs) i if you would like to write us an email i would absolutely encourage it send us an email at contact at enemy slime.com we'll read it on the podcast we won't say anything but your first name will will be so nice our answers will be much nicer from now on we we didn't even launch any personal attacks yeah we didn't even talk about how chris is redheaded and that's disgusting How gingers have no souls. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if you're not already, uh, you should visit our website. It's enemieslime.com. You should visit it every day. You should look at it and be like, oh, yeah. I want you to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Uh, like I said, write us an email. Tell us what you think. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what you're doing wrong. Not what you're doing. Well, yeah, tell us what you're doing wrong. Confess. Confess your sins to us. And then when all that, and then and then tell all your skateballing friends and all your basketboarding friends that I'm calling them out. Yeah, yeah. Tell your tell your wheeler board friends that we're coming for them. Tell, tell us about how you bailed on the bunny slopes when you were trying to get up the chairlift. I bailed super hard on that chairlift. God damn it. Anyway, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back later with a, with a little bit more. But so thanks to everybody for. Uh, continuing to listen and to uh, question our decisions and uh, we, we love you dearly we're out and so it is Let it-